Thanks for listening to FYI Stillwater, where you will hear information about your local government you didn't know you need to know straight from the source. Be sure to check out other news and information from the city of Stillwater at stillwater.org or find us on Facebook and Twitter. Hi, I'm your host, Sherry Fletcher, Director of Marketing and Civic Engagement. Today is February 21st, and my co-host is Jasmine Siebert, Video Specialist for the City of Stillwater. How are you doing today, Jasmine? I am good. I want to hear about your trip. You went to Arizona this weekend? Yes. uh, My daughter was auditioning uh, in Tempe, and so we decided just to drive over four days. So we drove down there. Uh, I've never been to Tempe. Uh, I've been to Arizona, but I've never been to Tempe. Um, Lots of palm trees. It was uh, a beautiful campus, but the palm trees with the mountains in the backdrop is really kind of interesting. Yeah. It was was lovely weather, sunny. yeah, it was it was nice. You went through Colorado, maybe. Yeah, we went. <laughs> we left Tempe. We went to the Grand Canyon because my son had never been there. We only oh. stayed thirty minutes, and then we drove. Um, yeah, we came back through northern New Mexico and went up through Colorado, and then down the Panhandle and back in four days. Nice. So, yeah. so a little uh, low energy today for me. That'll be okay. All right. So. Um, We'll go ahead and talk about who our guest is going to be today. We have the Human Resources Training Coordinator for the city, Lisa Jones, and she'll be discussing the standards of excellence with us. Um, That's the city's customer service initiative, which states that the city is responsible for providing responsive, high-quality, and efficient municipal services to enhance the quality of life. So that's really a big issue that uh, council and the city manager has been, um, you know, They've uh, it's kind of been on their radar for a couple of years. It, it had been discussed for a while, and then uh, uh, Human Services looked at it, mm-hmm. brought back something, and it was part of the uh, strategic plan. Yeah, because so. there's a lot of research that went into this, and I think right. they even looked at some other locations and places that were doing this, and that's how we kind of created ours. And ours specifically, um, we have six standards. We have connected, performance-driven, proud, respectful responsive and trustworthy so all big concepts yes exactly and maybe lisa can dive into some of those if we want to go ahead and welcome her lisa hi welcome to fyi stillwater hi there so um, before we get started and to kind of loosen everyone up we do a lightning round where we ask you some random but revealing questions are you ready sure am (laughs) okay what was your least favorite food as a child and do you still hate it or do you love it now I absolutely still hate it oh what is it my dad and stepmom used to make liver and onions and it would stink up the whole house and smell for like two days and just the thought of it now still was it their favorite or something I think so wow where are you from is that like I'm originally from Oklahoma, but oh, okay. that was something they enjoyed. <laughs> All right. Well, we won't Liver judge and this. onions was not served at, in my household. It is not a pleasant I smell. Have never, I've, I've never even seen it. I, I've, I've only heard of I've it. I've heard of people eating it, but I have never actually had liver and onions. I, um, I'm i not quite sure even what the texture would yeah, be. Like. Is it like yeah. chicken? <laughs> not not no. chicken livers, like Big beef, yes. the big beef yeah. liver. Oh. We raise cattle, and so yeah. I think they found a way to eat. I mean, Every but that's ball. a really yes. common. It's a yeah. common meal. Yeah. I mean, that's really, really. It's not. It, there's nothing unusual about it. Um, my mother must have hated it or something because it was never served. Uh, you know, when I was growing up. 
So did you did you just not like the smell or all of it? You, oh, you actually tasted it. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not sure. I could. We won't bring that up my mouth either. <laughs> I'm not sure. Okay, so let's get that. Let's move on. <laughs> um, if you had to delete all but three apps from your smartphone, which ones would you keep? Hmm. I would keep a note. It is. It combines my calendar and my tasks, and then mm. some folders that I use for the different um, organizations I'm a part of. So that one's the one I'm on the most. Um, I would keep Kindle. Okay. I have to be able to read on my phone. And then I know it's not the most favorite, but I would keep Facebook. Okay. That's how I keep up with a lot of people. It's how I brag on my children. Yeah. You know. Yeah, Facebook is is a you know like if the people you're interacting with, if they're using Facebook, it just makes sense to use Facebook mm-hmm. uh, because you that is it is a nice way to keep mm-hmm. track of people uh, and to learn about city events. So follow exactly. the city too. if you follow <laughs> the right pages, you get great information. Yeah. All right, and then the last one I'll give you: Are you a traveler or a homebody? I'm a bit of both. So we love road trips. So we travel a lot, but usually it's in our car. So, so when you say we? Um, I have two sons, nine and six, and Aww. they're kind of rowdy. So <laughs> you don't really plan ahead what you're going to do. You just decide as you go. And so we'll just, on a whim, pick a destination and just go. The life That's of nice. a boy mom. It's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we like to, to travel too, but it's almost always because one of my kids need to go somewhere. Oh, yeah. And my husband doesn't like to fly, so it's definitely road trips for us. Do you and ever drive during the road trips? Do I? Um, or is it uh, the time to read? I, I I don't mind driving, but okay. my husband likes to actually physically drive. But I don't mind being in the car. I can go for like I can do a fourteen hour day. I, oh. I can. Okay. All and right. I have. Interesting stuff about both you. Oh, and you <laughs> have. What's the longest road trip you've ever taken? Sorry. Side note. We once drove from Ithaca, New York, back to Stillwater nonstop, twenty four hours. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that is a trip. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Let's get to standards, Lisa. Okay. Uh, to start off with, I've always been kind of curious about people's career paths. So how does one end up a training professional? What, what, how did you get here? <laughs> well, I, um, in high school, I actually worked for an insurance company, and my title was floater. And so I got to go. Floater. Yes, I got to go help whatever department needed me. And I worked in the HR department and loved it. And mm-hmm. so I kind of knew the minute I enrolled in college that I was going to be a human resources um, major. But after about mm, maybe 10 years of doing that, I worked for a corporate office mm-hmm. and they were revamping their training and development and invited me to apply. And mm-hmm. so I hadn't really thought of it in advance, but I ended up doing it and loved it and have been doing it ever since. So it's a good match for your skills. It is because it's kind of a combination of running an event and developing people, which I really mm-hmm. enjoy doing both. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, so, so how does that lead into this standards of excellence that the city um, uh, rolled out? How how does one go from being a training uh, professional, and how do you get to the standards? What's the steps there? Again, it's just that staff development. Um, you know, we've seen a lot of great organizations do things like mm-hmm. this, and I knew it could make an impact on our employees and the types of ways we develop them. And so um, really we found other organizations like Jasmine mentioned that were doing stuff similar. We looked into it um, and we decided that the city definitely needed something like this. Um, it, it gives us that language. So if we're talking to someone about how mm-hmm. they can develop and, and you know improve in their role, 
we've got that language on what our expectations are as far as service goes. Okay, so so what exactly is the standards of excellence? So our standards of excellence were developed in-house by our own employees. We mm-hmm. brought the idea and we formed a committee. Um, the committee was made up of people that were kind of nominated for just being excellent at providing service. And so the committee actually met for a year and a half to develop what they felt the, the standards were for the city, the level of service that we would provide our citizens. And so the, so they're very organic to the city, and it's something that we've always done, but uh, you said we wanted to give, give it a name and, and be able to describe it, I guess. Correct. We knew we, that we do great things, and we know that that's our expectation mm-hmm. of our employees, but we wanted to find a way to put it into words, and that's why we built it in-house. We can't copy somebody else. You mm-hmm. know, we need it to be our own. It need to be what we actually right. do. Right. And so it was interesting because you got that committee together, and they were so passionate about it, they would actually have pretty heated discussions on getting that word just right or the descriptor just right because it was so important to them. So uh, can you give me an example of what what, it, what is a standard of excellence and how, how does it apply to a uh, to an employee who provides service. Okay, so um, like she mentioned, we have several, but the way we did design it is they chose a word to make it very easy to remember, but then there is a descriptor under that word to make sure that we all know what that word means because everybody looks at the word different. Sure, so the first one I'm looking at is connected. And so we described it as, we see an unbroken line connecting the city's mission to our everyday responsibilities and our desire to deliver high quality services. And then we knew if we left it right there, there may still be some questions on how we could do that. And so each one of our standards is going to have a few sub things underneath it. And so a way that you can show you're connected is by being committed, by being knowledgeable, and by being willing. And so each one of those have a small descriptor as well, just so that we really have examples of how we can do this in our everyday work. So... um so whenever we we have these words and we have this booklet that goes through and explains what it is, how does the uh, employee uh, integrate it into their daily life? Well, um, we really work with the supervisors to make sure that we're talking about them a lot. Um, and that so each employee, as they start with the city, will receive this guide and it descri- mm-hmm. describes them all. And we talk about it in their orientation and why it's so important, especially if they've never worked for local government before mm-hmm. and understand the type of service that we provide. And then we just keep it alive by offering different trainings that um, may go along with one of our standards. We have um, visible posters throughout all of our workspaces. Um, you can also recognize employees when they're doing something right so that we can keep encouraging that and share our stories. We know that we do a lot of great things, but we weren't always you know, sharing that with everybody while we were doing. Because yeah, I, I do remember the city manager saying uh, something like, we've always had these standards, but but we wanted to give a name to mm-hmm. it so that we could, could really call it out. Can you give me an example of, of, of a staff member actually doing something? Um, we get a lot, so let me kind of think of one here for a second. Um, one of the ones I think is most interesting was a citizen submission, and they actually recognized um, one of our directors for telling them no because they thought the way she handled it went so well. Mm-hmm. So they, she did tell them, no, we're not able to do that. But the way that she explained it and her friendliness in the conversation, mm-hmm. they actually submitted her to be recognized for the way she handled that conversation. Because part of the service was to explain what the service was exactly. and what we could actually do. 
so that's pretty awesome. Uh, so what did the employees think about this initiative? You know, before we ever rolled it out officially to all employees, we had the people on the committee talk to their coworkers about it. And at the time, we weren't really sure what kind of feedback we would get. And the most interesting thing I found is the people that um, they may have thought wouldn't support it as much were the ones most invested in it. They were Mm -hmm. giving us feedback about what we needed to be sure to include or Mm -hmm. how to rephrase something. And so um, that was kind of a nice surprising um, that we didn't expect when we did that rollout. But really, the employees have really liked having that language. It's real easy to keep each other accountable if we have those words without mm-hmm. it being a weird conversation. Plus, we're trying to have a lot of fun with it. And so I think being recognized is really nice. Mm-hmm. So if someone recognizes you, we're making sure to get that throughout the city and also externally where possible. And then um, I think supervisors are more vocal when they recognize their employees doing something good and they'll stop and talk to them about it. So initially, um city council said that one of their priorities was and it wasn't necessarily to improve customer service as as the uh the city because uh, customer service has always been good mm-hmm. but they they did want something uh, I, i'm not quite sure what they were wanting mm-hmm. well how did you take what their their vague um you know direction and turn yeah. it into a project Um, I think when we first heard that their focus was really, you know, that they wanted to see that um, customer service focus, um, you know, our first thought was let's find some ways to develop our employees. And so we scheduled a series of classes in two levels, you know, for your employee level and then also for your supervisor level. And I think from there, we knew we had seen what these other groups had been doing and that kind of made us want to dust that off and look Mm -hmm. at it again. And um, I don't think any of us expected it to turn into the big project it did, but um, it just kind of grew itself. Uh, so, so staff can nominate staff. Correct. So, how does that work? So, internally, we have a link on our intranet, and or and a lot of people just email us as yeah. well. Um, but they'll just kind of tell us what the story, what they want that person to be mm-hmm. recognized for, and um, that was turning into us also getting emails forwarded from our citizens on Mm -hmm. what they've seen and liked. And so we've also started making it where citizens can recognize our employees too. So how would a citizen do that? Um, They can go to stillwater.org and just search for search for standards of excellence and they'll be able to find that link. Okay. So we keep referring to it as, you know, a customer service initiative, but, um, I really want to touch on the fact that it's not just the people in the utilities and billing services department that, you you know, everyone learns this. And so can you talk about how it is a part of everyone's jobs and duties? For example, the marketing department, we don't serve customers per se, but we are public servants, so we serve the entire community. Mm -hmm. Yes, and we talk about that in orientation with new employees, too. You know, you don't really, until you join local government, you don't understand that it is truly a service organization and so anybody you interact with you're representing the city and you're provi- you know the mm-hmm. services that we provide so regardless of what area you work in whether you have internal or external you know people coming to you you're representing at any point sherry could be stopped by a citizen and her her conversation with mm-hmm. them she would need to be showing that level of service too right cuz i could run into somebody in the hallway yeah. and they want to know how to find uh, you know, the police uh, service point, mm-hmm. I could either 
just keep walking by because someone else could take mm -hmm. care of this person. Mm -hmm. Be like, it's in this building. Yeah, it's like, things. it's yeah. way back there. <laughs> keep going. Or I could, you know, engage them and um, make sure I understand that maybe they're wanting to pay a ticket. If I didn't stop and ask them what they needed to do, I maybe they need to go pay their ticket or they maybe they really do need to speak to someone in the police department. Mm -hmm. I, as a city employee, understand the difference in those. So instead of just saying, yeah, you need to keep walking that way, I could kind of make sure that they are going the direction they're going. So for that, I would be going not necessarily above and beyond, but uh, at least doing what I'm expected to do. Correct. And that's built in on many of our standards is that listening for what mm -hmm. else they may need, not yeah. just giving them that quick answer and moving on, but really making sure that you help them with all their needs. And so that trickles down to every level of the organization from the city manager all the way down uh, to, um, you know, people who may not have a lot of interactions with the public. Correct. So, so Sharon, Lisa, I have a question for both of you. Which standard do you think you guys use most often in your department and can you give an example so Lisa you got connected that's a tough one yeah oh, okay um, I feel like almost all of the standards overlap mm -hmm. and so it's really hard you know even when people are being nominated they usually choose three or yeah, four of them because most actions can kind of hit on all of them but I think probably um, the one that I see the most is probably under respectful um, just because, you know, the subs of that are being approachable, building rapport, practicing empathy, and showing courtesy. So mm -hmm. you're always, you know, looking at that individual that you're working with to make sure that you're helping them. Okay, I like that one. Sherry? You know, I, I'm probably really, I feel like I excel in our department excels at the performance-driven okay. because we're always trying to get information out. We're figuring out, you know, how to make things happen. And so we just kind of, you know, we, we take initiative, we're trying to be innovative, you know, if this doesn't work, you know, if we're trying to get the communication out, if this particular platform's not working, then we push it over to the side and try something else. So I'm, I am really, um, I, I feel performance driven is one that it's, it's the easiest for me to do. Mm -hmm. um, but I do like the, uh, you know, to be respectful and to connect. So yeah, awesome. you're right, they all kind of uh, overlap a little bit. I like so. the flexible part one of that. Now, I mm -hmm. I would probably agree with the performance-driven, especially in, in our office um, and being that innovative, especially with all the new, like, tools. Because the, all their engagement tools. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So. Sorry, I wanted to learn a little bit about that, guys. Yeah. The, it is really interesting uh, when you – there's, it's like it takes six different categories, and each category has like you know three or four different sub ones under. And there is it goes to everything from you know am I trustworthy you know to uh, I need to be friendly and listening. So it really uh, spans a lot of uh, just almost things that you learn in kindergarten, right? Mm -hmm. so, yeah. And really describing what they are because mm -hmm. sometimes you hear a word like responsive and you just think you need to do it quickly. Yeah, but we're not we also need to be thorough and we mm -hmm. need to be friendly right. and we need to you know describe what we're doing and how long it will take and i think the other nice thing about you know kind of uh, defining it and having it written down and having it to where people can see is that you know like city council also can it they're not here every day and they're not seeing what we're doing and they don't see the day-to-day -day stuff but if a citizen was talking to one of them it gives them the words and they can say oh well of course you know I hear what you're saying but we we are flexible we are innovative 
And let me give you an example of it. So they, that also gives them words to describe something that's sometimes kind of soft and fuzzy. It's mm-hmm. kind of hard, like, you know, it's like, well, of course you're respectful. Of course you're trustworthy. Um, and so it's, it's, it is really nice to have things defined and you're able to, um, um, you know, kind of, it's like we, we do this every day and mm-hmm. just to be able to say what it actually is. And, you know, it's also our, our promise to the public. Yeah. So if we're mm-hmm. not meeting that expectation that mm-hmm. they feel comfortable saying, I really right. didn't feel this interaction went yeah. well. Is there anything I didn't ask you that you think is important about this subject? I think you covered everything. Right. We're just really excited to um, be able to offer this to our employees to, like you said, give them the language that they need. It is an important part of what we do. Um, so, yes, it, you know, and it, you're, you're right. Kind of when you're first starting, you're not quite sure where it's going. You know it's important. But whenever it all comes together and you start seeing it, it it's really just an excellent program. So I've been very impressed with it. Thank you. Thank you for joining us, Lisa. Thanks for having me. All right, so let's uh, take a look at the mailbox, Jasmine. Uh, The city receives questions in a lot of different ways, including email, social media, even phone calls. So I have one uh, from Facebook, and it's kind of lengthy. The question concerns uh, parking downtown, and the person kind of feels that there seems to be a change in parking. Um, There doesn't seem to be as many metered and timed parking places. You know, has there been some sort of change? There actually hasn't been any changes of time parking on Main Street except for the addition of one disability designated space near Granny's Kitchen um, at the request of the owner. This is at the new location, right? Correct. 7th and Main. Correct. And additionally, um, I found out from the special projects director that there are more than 2,400 parking spaces in the downtown district area. That's a lot of spaces. It is. And... um, I believe the majority of them are 90-minute parking. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. So there hasn't been any changes, and there are quite a bit of spaces down there. So, And the reason for those being timed is because we do want people to be able to come down and shop and not be able to stay there and and kind of the fairness get people um, in and out in those spaces. So we also have a... um, Oh, what's it called? Validation. Validation. Thank you. Uh, A validation program. So if you are in a business and um, you're just on a shopping hall and you end up going past that and you get a ticket, you can take that um, that ticket back into the business and they can validate it if they're a part of that program. Which Yeah, even if you're getting your hair done mm-hmm. or you're, uh, you're just taking a leisurely dinner, if you uh, go over the time, the, the, the business should be able to validate your parking for Correct. you. Awesome. Good question. Uh, Also from Facebook, I think we had two different people ask this, uh, Cindy and Angela. Um, They wanted to know about the census and um, whether OSU students, um, whether they, if you're an OSU student and do you list Stillwater as your residency or do you just wait and let your parents count you on the census and they're in your hometown? So the U.S. Census asks everyone to list where they are living on April 1st, 2020. So that obviously falls in the spring semester. So that means OSU students will list Stillwater as their residence because they live here on that date. Um, And this is true even if if they're an out-of-state student or their family still lives in another city in Oklahoma because they actually live in Stillwater on April 1 um, and for the majority of the year, the school year. This is an important detail because it helps us give the um, U.S. Census Bureau a more accurate number of how many people are living in our community. 
and uh, having that true count of how many people are physically in Stillwater can be used for economic development opportunities and helps us prepare for future growth in our population. So um, that answers her question. And I know that you've been working with um, the com- Complete Count Committee and trying to put together some messaging. Is there anything early on or to go along with getting an accurate count that you want to share or yeah the thing that um you know trying you know learning about the census this is actually my first uh, decennial census mm-hmm. that i've actually helped out with is that you know these um census numbers are used in so many different places mm-hmm. they determine like how much money your uh, city gets for like school lunches or uh, the WIC program uh, but it's also used locally like the emergency management whenever they're uh, trying to come up with their um, emergency plans for either Mm. fire or tornadoes or whatever, they do go back and look at those census numbers so that they can make sure that they have the resources to handle the number of people that they're anticipating. So if the populations are undercounted and they're needing to ask FEMA for help, they can only go with what's on the census. So if so if there's like more people living here than we really understand, we would not get the resources that we need, or we'd have to stretch those resources further. So it's actually really important. You'll be hearing a lot more about the census in the coming year. Well, I think that's all for our mailbox. Yes, well, thanks everyone for listening to FYI Stillwater. Tune in for our next podcast. If you have a question for City Hall, email news at stillwater.org, and in the next podcast, we'll answer a few of them. FYI Stillwater is available on our website at stillwater.org, Spotify, and just about anywhere else you enjoy your podcast.